Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This podcast was created with the purpose of being real. Diving deep into the behind the scenes of what it's like to be successful while struggling with some of life's biggest challenges. In this podcast, there is no holding back. The tough questions are asked, hard things are said, and week after week, our hosts bring you tangible tips and tricks to live your best life. We're here to show you that you don't have to settle for good enough, that you can shoot for the stars and accomplish your wildest dreams. The road to get there may look a little different, but we're here to prove to you that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful podcast. We're so excited to have you listening in the new year, 2022. I can't believe we are already halfway through January. I wanted to welcome our beautiful guest today. Her name is Angela Matthews. She's an investment strategist and a coach, and she's the founder of the Happy Investor Method. Her goal is to make investing accessible and fun for all. Angela shows people how to grow their personal portfolios to achieve greater affluence and establish generational wealth. As a first-time generation investor, she has learned to invest successfully. When Angela invested in the stock market, she was making 40K a year. She had six figures in debt, and now she is accumulating wealth and is debt-free. Her investments have allowed her to travel all over the world, 45 countries and counting, and take care of her parents, pay for her wedding, purchase her first home, plant the seeds of trust for her babies. She has been featured in Huffington Post, Mint.com, New York Times, and numerous other podcasts. Welcome, Angela. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're so welcome. We're so excited to have you. We haven't had anyone on the podcast who's like a money guru, so I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Yes, let's talk about all the money and all the things, the things that we're actually thinking about, but don't actually say out loud. Right. That is what we do here. (laughs) We talk about the things other people don't want to talk about. So I love that so much. Money for me has always been the thing people don't really talk about and the thing people want. So I am so excited to just like get the background and how you decided at 40K a year and in debt to like go into the stock market. Well, for me, it's I didn't grow up around the context of money and this being something that you really should think about and aspire to and kind of have it make itself prevalent in your world. Right. That wasn't really the big conversation at my dinner table. My family, I come from an immigrant background. And so my family, they came to this country and right along with their green card, they were handed a credit card. And like it was like, go forth and be prosperous and buy whatever you need. And they didn't really understand the concept of credit. So the context in my household was actually growing up in debt, whether it was financing our education by taking out student loans or even just paying for a car, right, in the wrong way. And so that was kind of the context. And as I got older, there was one thing that I really did decide. I decided I was not going to grow up and be poor. Like that was something in my head for a very long time. And so when I started working, I actually got my first job, quote unquote, at Goldman Sachs. And if you know Goldman Sachs, they're like the big boys on the street. They are the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time when it comes to money management but they're also a very exclusive community. Mm -hmm. And so you might be listening to this and you're thinking, oh, what do you mean by exclusives? Well, I was probably the the youngest person there. 
I am a person of color. And so I was probably the most melanated person there, a tanned person there. And also I was a woman. And so it was really, really different. And I thought they were going to show me how to make a lot of money because they're really good at it. And they didn't show me how to do it. I just managed it for really wealthy people. And so that's kind of how the story of my investing kind of started getting cued. And then I got the job after college. I thought, I don't want anything to do with institutional finance and all that stuff because the collapse happened later. Um, a year later, the recession did. And so I was a part of all that. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to take this recruiting job. And there I was making 40K a year recruiting. And I literally Googled, how do you become rich? And two things popped up, entrepreneurship and investing in the stock market. Quickest ways if you're self-made. That's such a cool story. I really I relate to a lot of my parents are immigrants as well, but they didn't get a they didn't get a credit card with their green card. They but they did do a lot of the same things. You know, you have to get credit to move forward in life. And that's how I was brought up as well. So when I went to university, thankfully my parents paid for it. And I'm really, really, really grateful for that. Although I don't know how they did, but they did. So I took out a twenty thousand dollar loan and went backpacking through Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought that's what you do. And then I went into, you know, I finished university and I went into career also making 40 in my first job. And I thought, you know, well, now I'm making 40K a year. I better get myself a loan to get a new car. And it kind of went from there, right? And so um, how did it go when you started investing? Did you become a millionaire right away? <laughs> no, uh, it is like... 15 years later, <laughs> literally 15 years to the date, um, it did not go that way in the beginning at all. And so when I started investing, it was actually around 2007. And I'm not sure if you remember what happened in 2008, but our entire economy collapsed. It was like the Great Recession. So I invested my hard-earned money of 40K a year, and I would just do $100 here, $200 there. Instead of going on this lavish ski trip, I would say, no, I'm just going to buy some Amazon stock. And everyone would look at me like I was crazy. And it definitely hurt seeing all the photos on social media later, but I still own that Amazon stock today. So all this to say, yeah. I started off really small, but it was still money that was really dear to me. And then all of a sudden, all of these things started turning red. And so green means go and red means stop. And in the stock market, green means profit and red means loss. And my portfolio was bleeding. Oh my God. And I remember thinking, everyone, it was on the news, the stock market's going down, get your money out. Cause that's what the mass media tells you. Yeah. And even a lot of people were pulling out saying, I lost this much. I lost my home, my retirement. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have $2,000 in here. And this is the most I've ever saved in my life. Should I pull it out too? <laughs> and somehow I thought to myself, no, this is not how it's going to go down for me. Like, I don't care what happens. And I looked and I had a rational conversation with myself and I thought, okay, let's look at a graph. How often does the stock market do this? And is this really that unique? And I looked at the graph and really the stock market does it every 10 to 15 years. Yeah, and then I yeah. thought to myself, logically, are we going to be around for another 10 to 15 years? And I thought, I think so, which is actually now when I am. Um, <laughs> but coming from that standpoint, I was like, all right, well, then technically, if it's going to be around and my companies are lower, it's a sale. And somehow in my head, it shifted to like a Macy's one day sale that oh lasted for three months. And so I just kept on putting more money, more money. You know, I thought, wow, wow Nike is on sale. Amazon, I paid $500 for Amazon. It's on sale for $300. Okay, I'm going to buy an Amazon stock for $300. And that's what I did. And since Good then, there's you. been no looking back. And it's since dipped 
it's since not dipped. There might be another one, but this yeah. is the longest time it hasn't. But since then, it's just been extremely beneficial to have my money growing and growing and growing. So cool. That's such an awesome story. It gave me goosebumps. As someone who went to university, like I have my business degree, stocks have always been terrifying. Like they're terrifying to me. It, I used to work for an investment company, but I was like an outside cold caller. But even then, like I have, I literally don't have one stock um, because I'm terrified of like, how do you buy them? Where do you go? I don't know. Do I have to have an investment advisor? Do I go on a computer on an app? Like, tell me a little bit on how you would direct someone like me who's just like scared of that whole world. What's the first step? Well, okay. So I'm going to pause there before I answer it. So what specifically makes you scared? Because I know on the front end, it's how do I do this? Can I lose my money? Do I need an investment advisor? How much do I need to put in? Can I afford to lose that if it does go down? But that's kind of the running conversation in the front. But like in your heart of hearts, what are you really afraid of? It's so funny because it's not about losing money because I'm aware of the same thing with the graphs and I've listened to books. It's so dumb. Like it's it's the fact that like, I don't know where to go. I don't know. Like, is there a website I go to then buy stocks? Like, how do I do it? I don't know. And I don't have the time to I don't like when people say that I haven't allocated the time (laughs) to figure it out. And it, you know, it's not a priority to me, which it should be because I do want to invest in the stock market. But that first like barrier to entry, I guess it's not, I don't go to amazon.com and then put a stock into my cart and check out. That would be amazing. Right. I would have so many stocks. (laughs) That would be amazing. Okay. And so one thing I want to do, and I'm leaning more into it. So the reason why my company is called the happy investor method is because I lead with emotion first, right? I lead Mm -hmm. with logic. I I lead with, I think there is a very big spiritual and um, self-determination component of investing, right? Because it's like you're investing in your future and you're tying it with a lot of other things, right? And so it's a big deal to partner, you're partnering. And somewhere along the line, when I find that folks have wanted to do it for a while, but don't have enough time, yeah, <laughs> right? Have enough time to do it. It's not necessarily that it won't work. It's when they see a separation between them and like the big investors out yeah. there, right? And it's like, well, that's not me. That's not what I see as a successful investor and I look in the mirror and that doesn't look like me, or I think about my background that doesn't look like me. How is this going to work for me? And it's like, I don't have 15 K put aside that I want to put into the stock market. So then I can't go ask someone how to do it. So if I want to put a few hundred, I don't know how to do it. So I'm just not gonna. Exactly. You're like, we're going to think about it next year yeah, um, and then next year and next year. And, and if you're hearing this and you're thinking it's the new year and I really want to do this, how do I do this? So I'm going to break it down. Yes. And I love this question because I love my newbie investors. And my goal is to have the face of investing be radically different than it has been over the past hundred years. And so I want people who just- You mean just not white men? Kind of, (laughs) yeah. I didn't know if it was PC if I said it. It is, it is. And can I say old white men? Yeah, no, Um, old white men. Young white men, men, you're welcome to invest. (laughs) And if you are an old white man, I still love you. Not actually, I learned from old white men. I don't think think they're listening. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there's this one um, investor called uh, Warren Buffett, not even this one investor. Again, like the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Warren Buffett. He is like my great grand sugar daddy and doesn't even know it yet. I love that. Like, I'm, I'm listening like, oh. to a book on investing right now from an old white man, but he's actually taught me a lot and, and made me less scared of investing. 
have I done it yet? No, but maybe that's yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I've totally learned from all white men. But again, I'm here to change the game and make it yes. look even more less intimidating and break it down in a way that folks you're here to be the sugar mama it. for all, everyone coming up. <laughs> Come on. I'll be your sugar. I'll be your investing sugar mama. That's hilarious. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what you want to think about is how much money do you have to prove this concept? Right. And so a lot of folks, when they think about investing, they think it's all or nothing. I got a couple hundred. I got a couple thousand. I'm just going to throw it in and see how this works. And that is scary as heck for someone who isn't that jump all in. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of us are jump all in in one areas of our life and not so many in others. And so if this isn't that area for you, it's super intimidating. However, for me, I love to think about it in terms of we just want to see if this could work for us. And so there are a ton of apps out there. Right. I have a guy that lists like five different apps that you can invest in the stock market with. Right. The barrier to entry is so low right now. It is ridiculous. Like you can, I think, open up like any app on your phone. It's like, do you want to buy crypto? Do you want to buy like stocks? Right. But it's but then you download the app and it's so confusing because I tried to buy crypto, too. And I was like, no, I quit. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what is this? This is crazy. And so what you want to do is you want to think of it as a bullseye, right? A lot of people say, buy what's around you. I am not necessarily in that tangent, even though you can, it's great. But what's around you is also around everybody else. Right. Right. And so targets around everyone, Home Depot around everyone. I'm more aligned with invest in what you get paid for. Right. And so if you're an entrepreneur, what does it look like to invest in PayPal or Visa or MasterCard? Right. Because you take credit cards to run your business. So why not invest in the company that makes it possible, yeah, right? Yeah. And you also are very close with these companies. And so you know if something crazy is going to happen. You understand if if you own Zoom or if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a teacher and you're in Zoom land and you know that kids are going back to school. Zoom isn't doing so hot right now. So you already know that maybe that's not the best investment right now, right? Interesting. Yeah, I've never and thought so, of it like that. Yeah, and so that's the the first way I want you to think about it. The second way I want you to think about it too is, hey, this, this isn't money that's going to make or break the quality of my life, mm-hmm. right? And so you're releasing the attachment to it. You know, really the last hundred dollars you spent, chances are, was not in an investment. No, it was on Christmas presents. <laughs> it was on Christmas presents. And there's a really good chance the hundred dollars that you spend on investing or dabbling, you're going to hold this poor little hundred dollars to like the highest regard ever, <laughs> And it's going to mean so much to you. And if this poor hundred dollars goes to 90, you're going to be like, investing sucks. It doesn't work. I lost $10. However, you already lost a hundred dollars. That's never coming back for Christmas presents. Yeah. Or coffee or or eating out or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. And the the, the thing about it is the people that we love, they're probably not going to remember the presents we just gave them for Christmas. Right. Like ask them what you got them two years ago. Yeah. I mean, what did you get two years ago? I don't know. Like none of us know. No, (laughs) none of us know. They probably already forgot and we just gave it to them. And so that's kind of how Christmas gifts and gifting works. However, I like to do investing because at least it's growing. It's there beyond everything. So that's the second thing you want to think about. Hey, is this money really going to make or break the quality of my life? No, we just, we're just trying to test. We're just trying to date. You know, it's like a first date with investing, invest in something. And the third thing I want to say is don't invest in one thing, 
find three companies that you think could work out, right? And all of this, I'm, I'm telling you not to say I'm advising you to do it. I'm just telling you in my experience of teaching hundreds of people how to invest in the stock market, this is the trend that I see. If you invest in, if you put all your eggs in one basket, the basket falls. You're going to hate your basket. <laughs> yeah. And so you want to put some multiple eggs in there, right? At least three. This is like your toe into diversification. So maybe that's just where I've been it. a bit confused because I always thought you had to, you had to invest into like a package. <laughs> this is how much I know about the stock market, but like, you know, a group of companies and not just one company. That's awesome. So that is a really big, when you think about say retirement, like your 401k right. or that's how they usually talk about investing. It's yeah. in funds, right? You're investing in a mutual fund or a fund. And so if you're not privy to the world of investing, usually that's your first instance with it, mm -hmm. right? It's a fund, which is a group of investments. And then they just ask, are you high risk, medium risk or low risk? Well, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you click the thing multiple times. Like if I'm high, what answer does that make? And then if I I'm click low, because I'm like, I'm done. I don't know. I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm over this. I know it's, it's crazy, but it's like that. Yeah. And so what I advocate is you can do both. I okay. love investing in companies. So you can invest in companies. You can, my dad told me something once and he said, Hey, if we had bought one share a year, like one stock a year from the time you were born, our lives would have looked very different. Wow. And I want that to seep in because sometimes people think it has to be all or nothing or this big thing, but it was true. Cause I thought to myself, well, my dad, my sister was going to college and they scraped up and saved all their money and got her a Macintosh computer. Do you know what a Macintosh computer is now? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, Apple. I can picture it from my like computer rooms <laughs> in elementary yes. school. <laughs> yes. Remember like the flop, the hard floppy disk. Yes. Oh, they, wow. they bought her a Macintosh computer, Apple wow. with the multiple colors, which was like retro, but I think they're bringing it back now. <laughs> and I totally so I thought, remember it. Yeah. What if they actually invested in one share of Apple Wow! from the time I was born, which would have been at the time when he told me it would have been about like 27 shares of Apple, which you might think <sighs> not, not be life-changing. But when I checked to see how much that would have been worth 20 something years later, it was over $800,000. Wow. That could have paid for my college without loans. That could have paid for the mortgage for a house that could have paid for both me and my sister to go to college. Right they could have actually left that for my kids and their grandchildren. Like it was yeah. more than enough to make a shift in our quality of life. Yeah. You know, and when they purchased it, it probably wouldn't have shifted our quality of life in the moment. And that's the power of investing. That's the power of, of doing something today that can really rescue you in the future or even make your future so much more beautiful. So cool. I love this so much. It's so eye-opening. So do you say, like, I know you teach a lot, so we can talk about your courses and, and your programs and stuff. But if someone right now is listening to this and like, Kate, I want to buy one stock. Is it just go pick an app and buy a stock or like, how do you buy them? Oh, geez. Well, how I buy them is a little bit different than how okay. I recommend a beginner because I've layered on techniques. Got you. And so in the beginning, it's almost like how, how can you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Yeah. That one might say, get two slices of bread, put the peanut butter, put the jelly, close them together. You're done. You ask somebody else, how do you, I live in Texas. You ask a, you know, go to the state fair and you ask a Texan how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, you get country toast, like go to the store, get country, like that buttery Texas toast. You right. Put, 
like this special butter that's like salted caramel butter and then this fancy jelly and then you uh deep fry it and then you put some cream on it and you brulee it and then add confection sugar and so all this to say you can get there so the way I do it now is not how I recommend a beginner but I do think you can still go into it right and my techniques are still pretty simple I'm not there at the brulee pbj I don't (laughs) think I'll ever get to investing on that magnitude because I'm pretty good with just toasted bread and like good quality peanut butter. And so all this to say, what you want to do if you're just making your PBJ for the first time and you just go and scrape around whatever you got, which is your phone and like 10 or 20 bucks in your checking account that you're willing to like prove this with. What you want to do is you can get your phone and download an app, right? And so my favorite, even though it's been getting a lot of flack, is Robinhood. And the reason why I love Robinhood, say Overstash or Stockpile. I have some kind, something called Trade that my husband just told me. He just, he just like this week has gotten into starting to read about it. And it looks like this. I'm just going to show you. I know you guys can't see. Can you see? It's like Trade. A simple way to trade. Yeah. And so you want it. That's not bad, right? As you can tell, I haven't even pressed the start button. (laughs) I totally get it. I totally get it. One of the reasons why I appreciate Robinhood so much is because I think it can actually grow with you. And so I think it can grow with you from, say, zero to three years of starting to invest in the stock market, whereas a lot of the other apps might grow with you from zero to six months. Okay. And so as you're starting to do it, you're going to start noticing things. As a newbie, you have no idea that it's going to suck to use Jiffy on your peanut butter sandwich. Like, dude, you got to get with Skippy, right? But you don't know that yet. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you. And I appreciate all of you for like rolling with me with this PBJ analogy. No, it's so good. It's I've never analogy. used it before. <laughs> you're good on the spot. <laughs> And so, yeah, so no one knows, like you don't use Jiffy. So that's kind of like when you use Stash and Stockpile, you didn't know. Gotcha. Right. And so you don't know. I can't speak to the app that you got because I'm not familiar with that one, but a lot of the other ones are out there, which is why I say, just go to Robinhood. Okay. What's beautiful about Robinhood is that it was made for the people. So yes, there are some growing pains. You can't open up a tax benefit account like a Roth IRA or even a regular IRA or any of those fancy names that you've heard in the past past that you have no idea what it means it's okay we still don't need it at this level (laughs) got you at this level (laughs) proof of concept you open up the robin hood there is a way to actually buy partial shares on robin hood so imagine if you're thinking hey i want to invest in amazon right and right now the going rate for amazon i can tell you is three thousand five hundred and fourteen As of recording. Yeah, that's awesome. As of recording. Yeah. And it fluctuates. Remember in the beginning when I told you my story, I I, uh, didn't go on a trip and I bought Amazon stock and it was like $500. Right. Yeah. So that's the power of investing. I didn't do anything. I mean, yes, I've made Amazon richer because we all do because we love two-day shipping. Amen. (laughs) But I also love that as I'm making it richer, it's making me richer too. Right. And so that's kind of how we want to have our relationships with these companies. If you're making them rich, let them make you rich too. And so with Amazon, what's really beautiful about it is you're thinking, dang it, it's $3,514. Like what the heck? That's like a mortgage payment for a couple of months, maybe. I don't want to do that. That's okay. You can still get in on Amazon. You can say, hey, I want to Robinhood order $10 worth of Amazon. And Robinhood will say, okay, you got it. Now you own $10 worth of Amazon. Now, here's the thing. Will you make as much money as if you put in $500 of Amazon or a thousand? No, but this is the beautiful part. 
and this is the part where you like want to asterisk it if you're taking notes or put a mental note to it, the percentage that it increases will be the same. And so what I mean by that is say over the last six months, Amazon's grown 7.10%. Even if you invested $10, your money will grow 7.10%. Yeah. If you invested 500, your money would have still grown 7.10%. It doesn't matter. Now, how much interest are you getting on your savings account? 0.0001. How much are you getting on your checking account? Right. Negative. I feel like like. negative, nothing. (laughs) A lot of these accounts nowadays are like, Hey, you have to pay me. me. Yeah. 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 And so that's the beauty about it. That's the beauty of everyone gets to invest your $10. This one little special $10 at Amazon is now making way more interest than any of the money you own. Right. So cool. Yeah. I'm going to go buy some stocks right after that, or at least I'll download Robin Hood. I mean, honestly, think about it. What's not going to make or break the quality of my life. Yeah. And then you get it and you just watch it. Right. There is a point, of course, you want to get educated. It gets more complicated than that later, but we're just here to prove your concept. We're here to, 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 to quell your nervous system and knowing that Mm. it's safe to do something that for generations you were told you can't. Right. Yeah. Like you have to put in 15 K if you want to invest in the stock market. I feel like that's what people think. Mm -hmm. Or you have to make like six to seven figures, right? High six to seven figures. Yeah. Because why else would you quote unquote waste money that might not do well? So Mm -hmm. the way that you put it is so cool because anybody and everybody should and could be investing. And I love how we talked about that. You kept your money in when, when things went down, because who knows, like the next crash might be right away. Like you said, it happens every 10 to 15 years. And that's what I learned in my book is that like, keep your money in if it crashes. So then when do you take your money out? Excellent question. So I'm an old school passive investor and I've still taken my money out on different occasions. So I'll tell you the times that I've taken my money out. I've taken my money out when a company has done like really, really badly for over a year or over six months to a year. A lot of people... They kind of treat their stocks like their relationships and they're like, oh, it went down, cut. I don't want you in my life anymore. We're done. <laughs> I do think the way you invest in the stock market mirrors how you actually handle relationships in the real world. And I could get all philosophical about it, but I'm yeah. not, but I do, but I'm not today. And so you want to think about, hey, am I losing this money? And what was the, what was the qualifications I gave this? So for me, I have a high threshold. I'm willing to lose up to 50% on one investment. And the reason why I'm willing to lose up to 50% is because I know that I've invested in things that could make me 120%, 140%. And so it balances out way over. And I've also had companies who have dipped like 20% and then came back and blown it out the water because a pandemic happened. Yeah. Right. Just real stuff happened and it really wasn't to their fault. It was still a really great company. And so that's sometimes when I take out money. I also uh, sell or take out money when I have another investment to make, right? And so I remember when I started my business, I took money out of my investments to fund my business, right? I was my business's uh, number one investor. And back in the day, I've had maybe about three or four businesses to date. I remember using my credit card, but uh, recent businesses, I don't do that anymore. I use my investments. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that's cool. 
And then the other time I sell or take money out is when I have like amazing life moments that I need these or just life moments. And so one life moment was when I had to take care of my dad. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was sick and eventually needed full-time caretaking. And so I'm not sure if anyone here has had to be a caretaker when not planning to be a caretaker. It's kind of one of those things that just puts a, a huge boulder in the middle of your life. There's just really, yeah, no I, I think a lot of our it. listeners, maybe not our caretakers, but are, are the person who's sick themselves, or maybe even caretakers. Cause someone might be listening who is in the same position mm-hmm. as you. So there's that, like it happens. It, it happens a lot with chronic illness or illness in general, where like all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're out for a few months or you're out for a year or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I've definitely had moments when I was sick and I've had to sit down, right? You just need to sit down for a couple of months, a year. You just never know when it's going to happen, especially if you're pushing yourself a lot and not listening to your body. Right. And (laughs) so I've had, yes, which is (laughs) totally happens when you're successful. You're successful for a reason, right? You're making it work. And so for me, when I was taking care of my dad and kind of going to the appointments, and so when you have a caretaker and when you're sick, there's a lot of doctor's appointments. There's maybe you'll have a shift in dietary concerns, like you can't eat gluten. Um, For him, he couldn't have gluten. He couldn't have salt. Everything switched to organic. And it was like, what the deuce? Like this stuff is expensive. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, this is crazy. You know, maybe I'll dabble in organic, but everything. And so- We did that. And also at the same time, I had to stop working Mm. because I was his full-time caretaker, like advocate. Yeah. And so there I was, even though he was feeling the physical ailment, I was like right there with him hand in hand. And it was a choice that I made because everyone else could have done it. But because I was an entrepreneur, I was like, oh, I have more flexibility. And then after a while, went through the savings, went through everything else. And it was like, okay, well, I guess I got to take out some of my investments. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, how did my younger self, early 20s, know that just in a couple of years that these companies would save my life? Wow. That these companies would give my dad extra moments of living, right? That's and so beautiful. That's so cool. It's profound. It is. Because even though when you think about it that way, not having time is no longer negotiable. Yeah. Especially when with sickness, like you don't choose. No. That's so, yeah, I got shivers again. I'm loving this conversation. Like, wow. And it's, it's so much different to hear it from someone who's gone through it and started at, you know, you could say the bottom, like you started, you weren't Warren Buffett. You weren't Warren Buffett's grand, grand children. Like, you know, you know, like you, you did this yourself and that's so amazing. That's so inspirational. Yeah. I love it. it. And and I love I love sharing my story because it empowers other people to know that like, hey, if Angela could do it coming from this background with debt, you know, with with not a ton of savings or even knowing how I mean, in the end, my degree is in philosophy. Like that's what it all ended up shaking out to me. I have a minor (laughs) in business, but I'm a philosopher at heart, if you can't tell. But if I can do it, you can totally do it. Right. Because you've probably done harder things. Yeah. And now, now is the easiest time to do it. Like you don't have to go into a bank or you don't have to, you know, have an investment advisor. Obviously once, like you mentioned, once things get a little bit more intricate or you want to invest more, having someone to support you, I'm assuming is helpful. It is. And it's also weird. I have a weird, interesting relationship with advisors. Like they don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So they don't like me because I tell my clients and my students and myself, like I tell them what to expect out of them. Right. 
And so if they think that you're okay with basic peanut butter and jelly, and you know what good peanut butter and jelly is supposed to be, are you going to take basic peanut butter and jelly? Especially if you're paying for it? No, they're going to have to like raise their game. Yeah. The way I say it is, hey, you can either have you make your money or them make your money or both and just see who's better at it. Is it really that big of a problem to have two people trying to make you richer? Right. And at some point you might be better than they are or they might be better than you, but it's okay to have both. And it's even more so important to come to the conversation educated so they know how to treat you. So what's the difference between you an investment advisor and then doing it on your own? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for me, I'm a coach and a strategist. So I help people understand investing in a way that is aligned with themselves and their values. So they can do it long-term. So they can do it themselves long-term. I advocate creating a strategy and I show folks how to create a strategy. So the name happy investor method, this is the method part. (laughs) Yeah. Right. There's actual methodology and it's a beautiful one. Right. And then at the same time, you've got an advisor, which is pretty much, I call it the guy. And this is the guy that you call on the number and he says, you can give me this much money and then I will take a percentage of whatever it is you make. Okay. So they're working for you, but they're taking a percentage. So imagine if you need, I guess, in total about 2 million, a million to 2 million to retire. This is what people usually need to piece out the system. So imagine if you need a million to 2 million to retire, imagine giving five to 7% of that to somebody Right. right? and to perpetuity, like forever, as long as you're a client. I'm not that way. I'm like, hey, just pay for this course fee. Whatever you do with it is on you. I'm teaching you how to fish. Go forth and catch a whale. I really the like the sky's the limit for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's the difference between myself and an advisor. And it's not that one is wrong or right. I have my own personal opinion, but I'm just a fan of your making your money making money, period. Yeah. You so know? do you have an investment advisor? I don't. So I have I've had investment planners. I've had planners, I've had it's really hard because like I do this for a living. Yeah, no. It's so like amazing. I said, I they don't it. they don't like me to. Because <laughs> you're probably like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> well, that's so I used to manage my mom's 401k. She had gotten laid off um, and, and retired. And so I used to manage her 401k for her. And she'd get these calls from these guys saying, hey, um, we saw that you have this rollover 401k. Can we manage it for you? And she's like, I don't think you looked into my account. And she said, my daughter's been managing it. Can you do better than that? And they'd look at the returns and see that I was giving her like 30 or 35% return, which for a lot of these guys, it's usually like seven to 12%. Wow. They were like, oh yeah, you should probably stay with your daughter. That is so cool. The guy said that. And so for me right now, I'm actually entertaining a money advisor, but it's not, it's like an advisor to coach me on alternative investments yeah. and what we need to do to structure it. And like so an example, and- yeah, like deeper things that I don't know. And yeah. so for me, it's like, Hey, we've got this net worth, right? Because I've worked hard and I have my investments are making money and they've done really well. What do I do with this now? Yeah. How do I diversify? And so we just purchased two, um, we just invested in two hotels cool. and that is something I never thought would be possible ever like what (laughs) celebrate that is so cool yeah it's so cool and I definitely don't think as a new investor I would have been able to flex like that yeah right that's like a real boss flex like that is crazy to me (laughs) and I'm still like as you can hear it in my voice I'm still like how the frick did that happen and this is crazy and I can't believe like we own a part of two hotels like not even one but two like what but 
I've been waiting for this one move for like two years, like three years ago, I thought I want to own commercial real estate. And so it takes time, but all you have to do is have a desire. Like I had a desire to do it and I took little steps, little steps to make it happen. And then this year I thought, and then in 2021, I was like, for sure, I am going to own real estate. And the freaking residential market went crazy. Yeah. And all the housing prices shot up. But I Even, like, I'm not sure. I think you you said you're in Texas. We're in Canada, but the same thing happened here as well. Like it's, it was crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like all the folks in apartments said, I want a backyard. Literally at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. It's so, I was just like, okay, well, I don't want to pay that much for a house. That was just like 300,000 cheaper. Yeah. It's crazy. And so now um, what happened was I finally got a deal, a commercial deal, and the deal came through and um, yeah, we're hotel owners. That's amazing. But it's so it, cool to show what can, what can happen. Like you can go from 40 K and in debt to multi, whatever it is that you're making and own real estate and be investing and, and, yeah. and, and you just, and you just start, it just starts with a decision and it starts with action. And I think about myself now and I'm like, yeah, it's like a part of two hotels now. And I think about the future and I'm like, in 10 years, Sky's I open. like want to cry when I think about ooh, the desires that I have. And I, I want to give permission to, to our listeners that like, yes, you might be different. Yes. You might be sick. Yes. You might be a woman of color. Yes. You might be a woman of immigrants. Yes. You might be X, Y, and Z, but you can dream and take small steps. Just like Angela said, you know, invest in $10 in Amazon. If you did that a year ago, where would you be now? you like, you'd have $20 or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can dream and you can look to the future and have audacious goals and want to be a millionaire. And that is accessible, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. It's accessible. It's appropriate. I do think that at a time like this, I do think that we're just evolving consciously. And I do think the way that wealth looks now is going to be radically different in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be because the hands of who gets to have this money will be shifting. Yeah. Yeah. And it is shifting. Yeah. And it is. It is. I mean, think about entrepreneurship just in the last 10 years. You know, how many business owners do you have? How many business owners making five, six figures, seven figures out there who didn't have backing or a bank or any of that, you know, it's shifting. And I think there's a reason why people were getting this money in our hands. Like, why is it that someone with a chronic illness who can literally only work, I don't know, 25 hours a week from home in bed, from home in bed. Like, how is this possible? Why is this possible? Yeah. And on the flip side, like 2020 and 2021, how much wealth was moved from middle class to the upper class. And that's what we're fighting for. And that's what we're fighting against. I mean, I guess (laughs) that's what we're fighting against. Yeah. Because it, like you said, it's accessible for that person with chronic illness in bed with 20 hours to be wealthy. But why over the last two years has all this wealth transferred to the the top 2% or whatever? Mm-hmm. So we need to change that. <laughs> we get to change that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know why it happened? It's because the folks who weren't sitting at the table like two yeah. years ago to make this happen, right? The pandemic was something horrible that happened. 
And when something horrible happens, money is just energy. It doesn't have mm-hmm. like a negative or a positive, right? And so it just flows and it gravitated like a magnet to the people that had magnets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yep. so the folks who had magnets, the money magnetized to them. Exactly. And the folks without the magnets, they didn't attract the money. Sitting on their couches watching Netflix because that's what they were told to do. Exactly. Yeah. And there is something called the Robin Hood effect, which um, Robin Hood, that app that I mentioned before, it's like literally millions and millions of people use it. Um, and the effect that it has is that regular people have started investing. Yeah. And so the media will tell you that, yes, the richer got richer, but at the same time, some of the poorer got richer too. The folks who like had downloaded and started yeah. investing, they too actually were in and had a seat at the table. I remember it might not have been like a thousand or 3000, maybe it was 10, but they're 10 doubled. Like you said, exactly. Right. So amazing. What a great conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I love, I can talk about it all day, every day. Like it's just, (laughs) I would say podcast later. (laughs) I know I would, I would definitely say that honestly, if you are in a position where you have a chronic illness, investing will give you so much more space to be who you are and who you want to be because you have something financially working in the background for you. Like I think this podcast can change a lot of lives. Like I really do just this episode because it's giving giving our listeners the power to go make a $20 move like it's not a big deal mm-hmm. and get comfortable like you said and get comfortable I mean just because you decide to take off doesn't mean that you don't get to make money yeah and you can take off just to go on a vacation on the island too I don't want to say like you have to take off because you're sick I mean yeah, you can just say course. I want to peace out and go to Mexico and sip a pina colada mm. you can do that yeah and still have your worth growing. I love it. So tell us what you have going on. What kind of programs, where can someone who's listening go to work with you so they can learn to make even more money? Yes. And so I'm like, yes, this is what I love to do. So I love to do this um, because I do think everyday people, just like you and I, we get to have a seat at the table too. And so I facilitate this in one of three ways. And so one is I do investing trainings all the time for free. Um, About once a quarter, at least when I'm on it, it'll be once a month, but it's about once a quarter and it'll be a workshop and it might be something like, hey, this is how you do a first stock and get your first stock. Or it could be, hey, this is how you release the mental fears and overcome your fear of investing. And so I'll do things like that. And then we also have programs where there are masterminds and you get into a container and together we actually work to create your own personal strategy. And so some, I spoke a little bit about it today in terms of investing and what you get paid for, but I have five different methodologies to get the stock market to pay you. And it works really, really well for people who are thinking to themselves, I'm ready to take a change. I'm ready to do something. And I want to have fun while doing it. And I also want to do it and know that I don't get lost. Yeah. Because if you do Google how to invest in the stock market, you're going to get a lot of results. Yep. (laughs) And so my goal is to kind of cut that out and also make it be something that's very empowering and uplifting. So you can go to happyinvestormethod.com. It'll be linked uh, in the show Which is the name of the company. Or you can go to happyinvestorguide.com and that will automatically link you to getting on our list to get more information. And you'll also see our latest freebie workshop or offer that we have as well. So amazing. And they can find you on Instagram as well, which will be linked in the show notes. Yeah, Happy Investor Method on Institute. 
Yes. I love that. It's the same everywhere. So good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. You've taught me a lot. So I know you've taught other listeners a lot and we really appreciated having you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Um, Please send me a DM on Instagram or a message on the website just to let me know if this information was useful for you or if you used it. I will celebrate your $5 and $10 investment right along with you because I know that it's really a step in the right direction. Thank you. And it's not only possible to be sick and successful, it is possible for you. Okay. I know we said the episode was over, but we were chatting and we have a little PSA for you. Robin Hood, unfortunately, is not available in Canada. So everywhere, wherever you are, because I know we have listeners all over the world, you're going to have to find an app for yourself. For Canada, Angela did a little bit of research while we were chatting. So I'll let you take over. <laughs> and so what I did find for Canada was Wealth Simple is an app that is available for you. It doesn't have commissions and there isn't a minimum to get started. However, you won't be able to get partial shares. And so partial shares, meaning you won't be able to invest $10 into Amazon, um, as we said. However, you can still invest in things. And so, you know, if you wanted to think about Walmart, you can still buy Walmart stock, right? And at the time of this recording, Walmart stock is worth, I don't know, it's $137. So I don't want you to think that there aren't accessible companies out there. There absolutely are. And when you do look for a trading platform, you want to make sure that it has zero fees, zero dollars worth of fees, because if you're going to invest $10, you don't want to pay 10 cents on it or a dollar. That just makes no sense. And so that's what's really important. And then what you also want to look for is an account that could potentially give you partial shares. And partial shares is that investing partially into a company that we mentioned. But all this to say, just type in Google zero commission um, brokerage account or top brokerage account for beginners. And I'm sure you'll get the right information. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome.